Hello, and welcome to our podcast. Our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm Julie. I'm Jillian, and this is Lavender Lit Club. great thing about it yeah is you could say don't put this in and we won't and then sometimes julie will be mean and put it in (laughs) it could happen you never know all right so lavender lit club we are a queer books podcast which one's queer the books the podcast or the people we'll find out (laughs) (laughs) you never know it might change every week okay but the books are queer we're reading queer books books. written by queer people about queer people the first book we are reading is called an unkindness of ghosts by rivers solomon yeah, so it's a sci-fi action-adventure. Non-dystopian. Not a dystopian. That's true. We learned this. Reading an author's interview. Because <laughs> we do research. <laughs> um, many reviews of this book online describe it as a futuristic sci-fi version of Antebellum South which I think is pretty dead on. Um, It takes place on a generation ship. That's apparently a sci-fi term that I just learned. Uh, (laughs) Same. (laughs) In the, you know, probably not so distant future where the earth is destroyed um, by humans and climate change. Mm -hmm. I assume that's what happened. Nuclear missiles. And they're on the ship going supposedly to a promised land type of place. Um, I think a lot of people might want to call this book a dystopian, uh, but the author themselves has distanced themselves from that. In an interview on paulsemmel.com, We'll find out if I said that name correctly later, probably. Um, the author says that I, I qu- quote, I question dystopian as a valid genre category at all. It tends to privilege the viewpoint of those in power or who are suffering, at least under the status quo. Um, I think that that's a good point to make about this book. Mm-hmm. If you're going into it thinking it's a dystopian you're gonna miss like the biggest point of the book yes so that's very true speaking of julie what's the biggest point of the book the biggest point of the book oh man i feel like i'm being quizzed at school (laughs) so the main theme of the book that we've noticed is trauma and how it's passed down through generations and how even if you try and do something to get rid of it, you're still 
ending up with the trauma that your forebearers had. Yes. And that's that. Oh, it's actually like a really dark book, I think. It is. I mean, dark in a way that is important because it's not just like like a horror book that's trying to scare you or um, mess you up, but it's it's trying to show you that like we already done mess people up. <laughs> and this is like what we have to live with now. Right. All right. So I think that we see um, we see the trauma theme manifest in a couple of different ways mainly in the characterization we get um i don't know where i'm going julie so let's talk about what this book is good at since we are reviewing it okay what this book is good at is characterization yes 100 percent voice right from the minute i opened the book which I'd walked over to my bookshelf and picked it up off the shelf and started reading the first page thinking I would just like read the first page and be like yep I'm gonna read this one next and put it in my bag (laughs) and instead I stood there and read like 10 pages or more because Aster the main character is just right there immediately and you just know her so well yeah in her voice and her actions and yeah she just feels so real it's good. just it's good. yeah everything about her and just feels like a real person just put on the page and yeah i would say that that's how all the characters are like all of the characters are my favorite character even though i do have my own favorite character i just <coughs> <Theo>. <laughs> Some of us feel very strongly about this. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's, in a queer book especially, Mm -hmm. the fact that the character is just immediately a real person is so good and refreshing. Yes. And I don't have to sit there and, like, wait for the big reveal that Mm -hmm. so-and-so is gay or... Yeah. insert whatever queer identity like it's just they are a real person and mm-hmm. their identity is ever present because it's who they are it's not a gender reveal it's not right you know I think that's one of the things that I like the most about this book is that since the characters felt so real and what they were thinking and talking about felt so real that just everything in their worlds, especially the queerness, just felt so normalized, which is just really nice to read in a book. (laughs) I think that we both had the experience with this book that we, like, loved reading it, and maybe, maybe later we would, like, when we tried to look at it critically, we could come up with things here or there that we didn't like, or... Mm -hmm whatever but when we were reading it it felt like immersive and honest yeah yeah i read it in i think three days like (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it was immersive, and I could not put it down. Like, it was really fun to read, for sure. And that's mainly because the main character, Aster, is so interesting. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of times we get, briefly, other characters' voices. Mm -hmm. We get a chapter for the surgeon, a chapter for Giselle, Mm -hmm. and a chapter for... Hmm. It was the third one, Julie. I think it was. I think it was Melzen. Melzen, that name that I didn't know how to say for a long time. <laughs> I think we figured it out, but I'm not positive. We're gonna go with Melzen. Yeah. And we're, we're just, just gonna going stick with, it, with now. it. It's it's a little French. It's fine. If it's wrong, tweet me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> This is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. (laughs) Yeah, I also found that really interesting, though, that we get one chapter for each of those characters. It was really exciting. Yeah. At first, when we forget the the surgeon, or Theo, spoiler, that's his name, (laughs) first... And it comes at a point where it's like part one, and then there's a part two, and then it's it starts with Theo. Mm-hmm. And I thought for a second we were going to get a whole part of Theo. Right. And you got really excited. And I'm a little disappointed, <laughs> to be honest, that we did it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was a little bit, too. Like, I can see the reasons that the whole book was in Aster's point of view. Because Aster really is the main character. And I think right. if we were going to have a book with all of those other characters telling their sections, it would be like five times the length of this book, you know. True, true. But I think it was an interesting choice to have those different characters have their chapters. It's not really something you see all that often. And I'm not sure that I right. liked it all that much. Mostly because... I wanted the book to be five times as long, <laughs> and then it would all fit. That's, <laughs> you know? Right, and so, and I think in that same interview that I referenced earlier, the author mentions that this is a, oh god, Tatsuki. <laughs> she just puked up a hairball. Oh my god. I just heard something in the background. <gasps> oh, sounds okay. Okay, so she ate a piece of thread, and that's in the puke. So now we know what the culprit is, don't we? <sighs> okay, we're leaving in your cat hacking up a hairball. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. (laughs) The author has said that this is supposed to be a singular book. It's not part of a series. Um, They mention that there's, like, this hint of, like, I'm kind of thinking of a sequel. Mm -hmm. But I don't think any of it is confirmed. So I think we have to assume that this is going to be all we get. Which, I mean, their writing is so powerful that I, I 
kind of want more. Yeah. I definitely want more. And we can talk about that when it comes towards the ending. Because I have very strong opinions about the ending. Right after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> That's where you insert Satsuki hacking up a hairball. <laughs> Satsuki! <laughs> Okay, so I think if we're going to talk about characterization, we should mention that um, what makes part of the reason Aster is so cool is that Aster is intersex mm-hmm. and neurodivergent. Is that the correct mm-hmm. word, Jim? Yep, yep. And Theo is trans mm-hmm. pretty sure yes. there's a couple uh, few lesbians thrown in just a couple we get some lesbian sex a little bit. pretty soon actually when it starts yeah. <laughs> it's very brief not explicit mm-hmm. unfortunately G rated so the rest of the book um, is not just so everyone's clear what do I want to say, Julie? What are we going to say about queer shit? What were we going to say about queer shit? I think we just, like, skipped over that part when we were talking about it. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, we're going to talk about Well, we talked about the pronouns. Yeah. And we, we talked about the pronoun differences on the decks, and we talked about trans versus intersex, but I don't really want to get into that because mm-hmm. I don't think we have, a like, something to say, so I think we should just let it go. Definitely. <laughs> Are we supposed to give a plot summary? Okay, who wants to do the plot summary? I can do it, if you want. So Jillian, what's this book about? An Unkindness of Ghosts is about a doctor slash chemist slash botanist slash smart person named Aster who is trying to track down the truth about her mother's death as it seems to be connected to the imminent death of the current sovereign of Matilda, the generation ship that they're all on. Aster enlists the help of her best friend Giselle in deciphering her mother's coded journals, as well as the help of her other best friend slash makeout partner Theo, the surgeon, to help navigate the ship in her quest. Along the way, Aster confronts the legacy of trauma that festers on the ship and accidentally leads a rebellion against the new sovereign. <laughs> then the book ends. There's also some fucking death in here. Yes. <laughs> and a little, little bit of content warning for sexual assault, I'm just going to say. Uh, a lot. Yes. This book is very dark and it doesn't shy away from the heavy stuff. Which is really admirable, but it's it can be a lot to read. Yeah. Definitely. So we've talked about our favorite things about the book and the stuff that we like the most. So let's talk a little bit about the things we didn't like quite as much and things that didn't quite settle quite as well with us. Yeah, I think, like I said earlier... We both had the same experience of, like, this book is amazing and immersive to read. And then when you kind of sit back and you dig into particularly the science-y part of it, 
I think that we both felt a little bit unresolved in the end. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a, a weaker part of the book. Yeah. Um, a lot of it focuses on Aster figuring out these coded journals from her mother. And it takes us to... Spoiler! <laughs> We're going to talk about the ending. <laughs> yes. Um, it takes us to uh, the launch pad, the mm-hmm. outer decks of the ship. Mm-hmm. And um, we find out that the thing that has poisoned her mother and the Sovereign is the metal, liquid metal, that is surrounding mm-hmm. their ship. It's kind of like a lead poisoning situation, but... Way more intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of creepy, actually. Yeah. Um, there's something to do with eyes, and it's... Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's a little gross. Yep. It's pretty gross. And, um, and then she just, like, suddenly knows all of the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... One cool thing about this generation ship is there is a library, which is apparently very extensive, mm-hmm. and people on the ship just, like, know about science, so I guess this is clearly not the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> Preach! <laughs> um, because when Astra starts to explain what she learned from her mother to her, like, cabin mates... They just, Mm -hmm. like, get it, and they just, like, all know how black holes work and how magical lead liquid Mm -hmm. metal makes things Mm -hmm. go faster. (laughs) Science? (laughs) Question mark? Maybe I don't know enough about science. I mean, maybe. You were educated by the United States of America. (sighs) I have an English degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. I do too. <laughs> it just, it seems there's so much ramp up of where we learn all the backstory of the characters, which is great, mm-hmm. even though it's dark. It feels really important. It feels like I'm learning about a culture that is very real right. and people who are really hurting and I feel like that there's supposed to be this saving payoff at the end right? but it's not there and maybe that's the point but it just feels so I'm just, like, scrambling for answers at the end, which is why I think I'm, like, clinging to these details of the the metal poisoning and the black holes and all of that science, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I feel like the ending just... It just kind of feels like it's just wrapped up way too soon. And I really feel like we should have had an epilogue That's my Mm -hmm. professional opinion. (laughs) I'm not a professional. Um, But I feel like we should have had some sort of closure when it comes to the other characters. Because Mm -hmm. all we get at the end is Aster and her dead best friend and her mom's skeleton. It's 
spoiler. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Well, um, there's a skeleton. <laughs> it's really spooky. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and that's all we get. Like, that's the ending. And I can see, right. because Aster is the, the main character, and the whole journey is about Aster's journey of learning who her mother is, learning who she is, where she's from, and learning all this stuff about herself. But it just feels like we're cheated from something. It feels like... It feels like Aster just gives up at the end. And I think part of the reason we feel cheated at the end is because we get a chapter of Giselle's voice, and it's very dark. Mm -hmm. And... Giselle is one of the characters who is struggling with depression and suicide throughout the whole book. Mm-hmm. And we get a chapter towards the end of her voice and then kind of like mirrored in her struggle is the struggle of the ship and Uh, The previous Sovereign has died and is replaced by the lieutenant who is a pedophile, potentially. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's just so dark and bad and there's a brief uprising Mm -hmm. centered around Giselle's execution and it's so bloody and Astor just kind of runs away yeah. gets in a ship and leaves and the ending of the book is Aster leaving alone Yeah. and I think that kind of comes back to definitely comes back to the main trauma theme like what what kind of happy ending are we going to have like there's, there's, there's no option basically for a happy ending and there's no option for your hero, your main character of your story, to actually save everyone if your hero is so beaten and broken and destroyed by the people in charge. Or I think I can, you can read it, I think an alternate way is to say that Aster is just a person, not a martyr, not a hero, and yeah. that, like... Aster is the hero of Aster's story, and Aster's story is to save Aster. Mm-hmm. But putting the burden of safety and happiness on one queer person mm-hmm. is just not not how it works. It's too much to ask. It's too much to ask. Yeah. When it's not her fault, anyways. It's not her job to fix all your problems. It is her job to amputate your foot. (laughs) (laughs) I let Aster amputate my foot. She's so good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Even with no power and no heat. Mm hmm. Mm. And no anesthesia, apparently. Maybe a little bit. No, no, she definitely knocked that kid out. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> oh, God. Flick! Oh. Flick, re- Flick will break your heart. I'm not going to tell you what happens to Flick. 
Mm-hmm. We gotta not spoil at least one thing from this book. One thing. <laughs> as unsatisfying as the ending is when I initially read it, I think that when I reflect on it, I can accept this ending as something much more interesting than the hero saves the day mm-hmm. story. And I think that there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot that you can find. There's a lot that you can find in the book to dissect trauma and to dissect queerness and to dissect classism. Mm -hmm. And the ending is there to... It kind of feels like the ending is there to kind of turn upside down your own expectations of what the ending is going to be. Because every other sci-fi novel is about this hero who goes out and solves all the puzzles and fixes everyone's problems and then the ship lands safely and everybody's alive. Just like Wally, basically. It feels like this book is saying, hey, no. Maybe that's not possible. Maybe that's not what we should be expecting. And I think that if we bring it back to the Antebellum South uh, analogy that most most reviews have put this under, maybe what the ending is showing us is that an end to slavery is not an end to trauma. And we as a group have to do better. Mm-hmm. We can't let one awesome black person fix everything for us right we have to do the work yeah that's true but also secretly i hope theo goes and saves the day oh my god i love theo so much i haven't like talked about how much i really love theo (laughs) jillian really loves theo he is first of all beautiful Mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of piercings and Apparently they're religious, but who cares? (laughs) Jillian is now religious. (laughs) (laughs) And he is 100% trans and perfect. And I just love him. And there is a fade to black Theo sex scene. And Theo is just... Mm -hmm. He's good. Yeah, Yeah. I'm there with you. (laughs) <laughs> I agree 100% <sighs> beautiful menses so yeah this book I think for our first book in this wonderful queer book review podcast this was a fantastic book to start with mm-hmm. it was immediately fascinating and Mm -hmm. the characters are so strong and the queerness is just unabashed and just right there and like ready to go yeah and um it's good i would probably give out of five stars i'd give this book a four out of five yes i think we thought that a little bit of the sci-fi was a little touch and go it definitely Mm -hmm. wasn't perfect but 
yeah, like you said, when it comes to the queerness and the, the intersection of everyone's identities and their histories, I think it was a really great book. So that has been An Unkindness of Ghosts by Rivers Solomon. Thank you so very much for listening to Lavender Lit Club. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Lavender Lit Club. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would really mean a lot to hear what you think about our show. If you like what we're doing, you can support us and get extra goodies at our Patreon at patreon.com slash lavenderlitclub. To be in the know when we release new episodes, please check out our website, lavenderlitclub.blogspot.com, or subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time, where we're going to be reading Tomboy Survival Guide by Ivan E. Coyote, who is one of my favorite authors ever, and I'm really excited for it. So you better come back for it. These books just keep getting better. Yes. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.